Well, uh, welcome to Evergreen, everyone. It is a fall fun day, and I believe that they're me- that's meant for mostly the kids and youth, but can we, can we adults have a little fun this morning? Is that okay? Can, can the fun move into this room? Yeah, sure. Is that <laughs> Yeah. Carry on, carry on, Carlos. We're going to do, do something a little bit different. If we haven't met, my name is Carlos. And I'm Elsian. And we are going to uh, teach kind of like a conversational. So if, it, if it's a little different today, uh, it's because it is, and we're going to figure it out. So Come again next Sunday. It'll yeah. be different. Fill out a connection card and say, do that again, or be like, don't try that ever again. That was, that was rough. Uh, we want to start by celebrating something. Yes, we got to celebrate your generosity. So we want to say thank you. We've been doing this whole... Um, October uh, Arms uh, Partnership, where women who are victims of domestic violence, um, you guys are invited in to give to them to be able to help them out in a 15-week journey of healing. And our goal was to help 66 women be able to get help through this. Well, because of you and a very generous donor who matched every donation you gave up to $2,500, we have the ability to help over 66 women. Yes. So give it up. Way to Thank go. you, Lord. So we're grateful for that. We're also celebrating the growth of our youth ministry. How many are excited to have Mikhail and Nathan on the EU team yeah. doing their thing? So we wanted you to know that we are adding to what we are offering, particularly our high school students. So starting in January, January 8th, we are going to add a high school Sunday night gathering. So all the high schoolers in the room, uh, we've been thinking about how can we offer another space for you. We know that a lot of our high schoolers are highly active in their schools, and so Wednesdays are tough to gather. And so we thought, hey, Sunday nights. And so um, not only are we adding Sunday nights, we're keeping our Sunday morning middle school gathering, and we're keeping Wednesdays as a, a night where we can go deeper in discipleship in small groups, and at the end of the month, gather for a youth worship service, everyone, all levels, to hear how God is working in those groups. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. So we're celebrating that. And parents, we're, we are inviting you to a parent info night on December 4th. So mark your calendars. You've probably already gotten the email. But if you're new here and you want to connect, please connect with Nathan and Mikhail about all things youth ministry. So we're pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We're also pumped because uh, it is spooky season. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, like, don't like spooky season. She, yeah. No, because, like, I don't know if we have that image, but, like, every time the commercials come on, if I'm watching something or, like, even the ads, like, that's, that's me. I'm like, I don't want to see this because yeah. I don't have nightmares, even no, if I'm it's like, just the Listen, ads. that's a Geico commercial. Like, there's <laughs> nothing scary about that lizard. <laughs> Actually, so, no, I'm So, uh, I feel different. I really like, what I like is I like this time of year seeing how creative parents get with their kids. I mean, some of you dress your kids up. You, you should get paid for the amount of work that you do on your child's costume. And so I think that's really cool. And then for teenagers, when I think of teenagers during spooky season, I think, man, they are paying way too much to get scared at that corn maze or that, uh, that scary movie. Uh, because I feel like as an adult, like I don't have to pay anyone to scare me, right? Like that's not how I want to spend my money. If I want to be scared, I wake up and live in America in 2022. That's just <laughs> what I do. 
I check what's, what's trending on Twitter, right? I, I go to their grocery store. Like, those instill enough fear and anxiety and worry, right? And so um, yep, that's... Yep, at the checkout line at the grocery store. That's definitely been my, like, whoo Yeah, it's spooky. Look at that price. Yeah, 365 um, days out of the year. Or if you're following, you know, uh, if you're seeing what's trending on Twitter, that's scary enough. Yeah. So anyway, we want to talk about this because I think it's a very common experience, a human experience to experience fear, to deal with anxiety, to deal with, um, what was the other one? Fear, anxiety, and, and worry. worry. Yeah. Right. They kind of all hang out together. Play cousins, I like they, to say. Yeah, they're, they're, they like to hang out. So um, we want to talk about that today. And um, to start us off with that, I want to just read a quote from this doctor. And he goes on to say, you know, and we all know this, that God created us as emotional beings. Like emotions are good. It's the way that you're wired. God gave you emotions. Um, and I am so grateful for them. And one of the reasons why we have this emotion of fear, it's supposed to be like fight or flight, right? It's supposed to help us stay protected and stay safe and stay alive. And so it's a good thing. But I think what happens sometimes and what he says is this fear is God-given emotion. And when our mind alerts us to danger, real or perceived, anxiety is what we feel when our body is responding to that emotion of fear. And then he goes on to say, worry is the thought process that molds over and gives power to the object of fear. So I am really good at that last one. Um, so this is what we're talking about today. Yeah, so when we think of fear, we think of an emotion. When we think of worry, we think of this circular thinking, a thought. And when we think of anxiety, we think of our body's emotional response to both those things. The physical response. The physical response. And so um, you, uh, you and me, we all experience these, experience these things, right? Of course, some of us in larger amounts or in greater degrees and are in different manifestations. But what it means to be human is to feel these things and have these reactions. And uh, we find comfort in knowing that we aren't the only ones that Americans living uh, in today aren't the only ones, but that actually a lot of these emotions and experiences were experienced by people in the Bible, specifically Jesus' first followers. And so where we want to go with you today is to look at a moment in the life of Jesus where we believe he's addressing the disciples dealing with fear, anxiety, and worry, and hopefully be able to take a few things away that we can apply today. Yeah, so let's read. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. But if you have your Bible, we're going to invite you to open your Bible in the book of Mark, verses 35 through 41. Um, and again, if you don't have it, don't worry. It's up on the screen. But there's also a Bible app that's totally free for you called YouVersion. So that is a really good resource to have. But it says in verse 35, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples, I know, seriously, the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm when he asked, why are you afraid? 
do you still not, do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. So how many of you have read that story before? Yeah, many of you. Okay, I think more than half. I think we can close. Should we ask the band to come on up? <laughs> no. you, you've read the story. We want to make a few observations just really quick and then just give you some application. Um, so in verse 35, you know, it, Jesus invites them in. And so this is the first observation I want to make, that Jesus invites them to go to the other side, which means they're going to have to cross the lake. And so I think it's just very, like, insightful to know that when we follow Jesus or we're invited by Jesus, sometimes it'll be to the middle of a storm. You know, there's going to be opposition that's going to come up. So here they are. And then Jesus says um, this thing of, like, we're going to go to the other side, right? So what's on the other side is what, like, I want to know. Like, what's on the other side and why is it so important that we get there? Well, if you continue to read in Mark chapter 5, it says that there on the other side is a demon-possessed man. There you go. Write, write a movie about that. Um, and, and, and that's really what Jesus is bringing and inviting the disciples into this moment. And so I think for me, it's just to realize that Jesus is going to invite me to go with him. And sometimes going in the boat with Jesus is going to have me right in the middle of a storm. And the next verse says that, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind. And what stands out to me is the fact that not only did Jesus initiate this adventure that they were about to have, but that he left what I believe, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and make an inference here that the disciples really enjoyed the crowds. Like, that was cool to them. Can you imagine, like, you follow this rabbi, and all of a sudden, everywhere you go, you are drawing crowds, like you're Drake or Taylor Swift? New album. Right? Because the, these, these are regular men, and all of a sudden, they're kind of in the center of this popularity, right? And, you know, we're, we're all kind of short-sighted, so I have to imagine some of them were like, hey, this kind of feels kind of good. Like, we're, these people are gathering, not reminding themselves it had nothing to do with them, and everything to do with this rabbi who is doing supernatural things. And so it's, it's, I, I just point that out because for them to leave the crowd, I believe, is representation of them leaving something that they really enjoyed. Mm. Now, how many of you have ever been invited into this adventure with Jesus and you start to experience hardship and then you go back and say, Jesus, I so much loved the place that you had called me from. Like, can we go back to the crowd? Because the crowd was fun. I got to crowd surf, right? Like, I was, you know, my, my Instagram followers grew. Like, that was really comfortable. But yet Jesus is saying, no, no, I have something I need to do. Mm -hmm. And it involves the other side of the lake. Yep. And as Ilsian said, who was on the other side of the lake? A soul. Mm -hmm. A soul that needed Jesus. Yeah. A soul that was oppressed. And Jesus was on mission to save that soul. And so I just, uh, just want to point that out. Yeah, and then we continue to read in verse uh, 37, the very first part. It says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. And so I think one of the... 
things that I really, I like to kind of look for the details in the text. And so I think um, in, in other versions, like the storm just shows up out of nowhere. So it's out of the blue. It's unexpected. There is no warning. It shows up. And I love that it's described as a fierce storm. If we look at the original language, that word is actually the word magas, which means a great, I'm probably mispronouncing it, a really great storm. And so it was not just any storm. And to think that the people that were in the boat were, were fishermen. They were people that were skilled. They, would, they navigated the seas. But for them to be at a point yeah. where they are terrified, it means that it's not just a com- common storm. But there is something about the storm that one of the um, authors I read, he said, it was the storm from hell. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of storm that they were experiencing. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it makes me think of the fact that um, sometimes when we get on this invitation from Jesus and we are now caught in this unexpected, sudden, sudden, fierce storm, like, we have to root ourselves in who got us there. And it just made me think of our experience. Because maybe you're here today and you're facing something that feels fierce, that feels out of the blue, and you're asking yourself, God, like, what's up? Yeah. What are we doing here, God? I know for us, uh, our family journey involved making this faith decision that meant we believed God invited us to move our family from Los Angeles to Hillsboro, and we were confident in that invitation. Like, it came out of the blue. We wouldn't have made it up ourselves. We're so glad we did it, but in the midst of months into that decision, like you, we were in a global pandemic, away from everything that we knew familiar. And then on top of that, personally, we had a child who had high, high medical needs. And so, we were in a storm, and it was sudden. And let me tell you, the, the thing that helped, although it was scary and, it, and there was nights of worry, the thing that helped was our confidence that we were here because Jesus led us here. Yeah. And so if I could be any encouragement to you is ask yourself, where you are at, did God lead you there? Because if he did, he's going to see you through. He's with you in that boat. But if you ended up there on your own, you got to admit that. You got to redirect yourself. But then Jesus will meet you there too. That's Amen. the awesome thing about grace. Amen. And so, you know, and I think one of the things that what Carl's talking about is like we, God was 